You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. At the wall! See ya! See ya! Joining me for the usual Friday spot, my old uh, WBCR partner, I almost said WICR. Nope. Uh, Wrong school, wrong radio station. That would be my partner from the walk-on, Austin Santiago. And Austin, I told you before we got on that it felt normal that, you know, the NBA finals are finally upon us. And I think this is when we shine. I know, you know, during football season, we have our differing opinions and we get into fantasy and all that. And that's great. And that's the cash cow of, uh, of America is football. But I feel like our basketball discussions have been some of the most heated and best discussions we've had over the years. And I'm very excited to have you on to recap game one of the finals and diving right into it here. Uh, if, if you had Derek White is going to carry the Boston Celtics on your bingo card, uh, now is the time to put the marker down because I didn't have that. What about you? I mean, I certainly did not. Uh, I mean, just a great game last night. And like you said, uh, this is kind of like where we shine, right? Because we love all sports here. You know, we talk about everything and anything, but it's the NBA finals. This is a game that is very near and dear to my heart. And in the next two weeks, are very near and dear to my heart because this is a beautiful game and it kicks us off right into the summer. And honestly, Joe, I think this is going to be a great series. I know you haven't been thrilled with the playoffs as a whole, but man, I think this is going to be a great series. And game one is a big indication of that. Derek White, where do you start? Any big shot you need, corner three, top of the key, elbow, doesn't matter. He is going to hit it when it matters most. And that's what I love most about the finals and the NBA playoffs as a whole is those unlikely heroes. And Derek White just came in so clutch last night. Can he do it again? I don't know. But he did it last night and the Celtics took the first game of the NBA finals, which is crazy. I don't want to overreact. On the road. Yeah, on the road. In in the Chase Arena. I almost said Oracle. But in in the Chase Center. I don't really want to overreact this much to it because I've done that a lot this playoffs and I am majority of my overreactions have been wrong. So I'm not going to sit here and overreact and go, because this is a storyline that I was thinking of last night before I went to bed where all the people that back the BPI and all the advanced metrics and, and you know, that 86% uh, for the Celtics to win the finals, they're all going to say, see, we told you the Celtics are this good. Why are you doubting BPI? No, no, no. I don't want to go that far. I agree with you. I think this series is not going to be an all-timer per se, but it's going to be a very, very memorable finals where we're going to have everything you want. You want St- and, and, and game one was a microcosm of that. You want Steph Curry going absolutely berserk? You got that in the first quarter. You want to see really, really good defense? You got that in the fourth quarter. You want to see guys you've never heard of light up the finals like it's a random Tuesday in February? You got that in Derek White. So you want to see Al Horford turn into Kevin Durant light at some point in the fourth quarter? You got that too. So I think game one was a microcosm of what this series is just going to be as a whole. And I truly think, you know, the flashy pick and then and uh, I guess the normal pick is always to go in seven 
I truly think that this is a, a series that's going to go seven just because of the battle back and forth. You saw it all game yesterday. At no point did I think the Celtics were out of it. Even when, when Curry was lighting it up, you always and, – and even when the Celtics had the lead, you always like – the Warriors can get hot. So the danger of both the Warriors' offense and just how good the Celtics' defense is is going to make for a really, really good series. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is going to have everything we want in an NBA Finals game. If I could sum up last – because last night before I went to bed, I was thinking of one word to sum up that first game. Uh, if I could put all that I saw, all that action into a single word, what, what would tell the story? And I think that word is patience. I love the way the Celtics played that game. I'm not going to say it's the greatest team game I've ever seen played, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a near perfect game played by the Celtics last night. And the word is patience because they weathered the Warriors' storm and Curry's going to do what Curry does, and Clay's going to have a game. Draymond might have some issues this series if we're looking at him play, because I don't know if the Celtics have any players that Draymond can exploit. So I'm not sure where, what role Draymond's going to play throughout this entire series, but I'll say this much right now. Joe, you know I'm a Knicks fan. You know, I came home a couple years ago. I love my New York Knicks, but this isn't about territory right now. This is about basketball. This is about love of the game. And I can honestly say, rivalry aside, I love watching this Celtics team play ball because they are just an absolute unit. You have Jason Tatum, who we know can be an absolute stud. Jalen Brown, who compliments him so well. Robert Williams was a monster in the paint last night. You have Al Horford as the veteran presence who can do it all. Marcus Smart, who is just so pesky. Derek White, who... No one saw that coming. I mean, this is a team of, forget basketball players, this is a team of hoopers. And so yeah. are the Warriors, but we've known that for years. So we're just watching two teams of hoopers go out there and ball out, and that's exactly what we want to see. I just, looking at the box score, and I, and I watched the entire game. Tatum struggled, and this is... What I'm about to say, it's not a knock on him. It's actually a very, very nice compliment. He figured something out last night where I think he's starting to take that Giannis leap, like what Giannis did, but at the start of the finals and at the end of the finals, he was the player he is now and just, oh, that's what I can do. They can't stop me if I do X. If, that, if I do Y, then I'm going to have an open three in the corner for for uh for whoever so i think tatum's starting to figure stuff out because he wasn't scoring and his you know he finished with 12 points he was three of 17 from the field terrible terrible night shooting the ball but he was he turned in the point guard he said okay that's not my game tonight i'm gonna go assist Derek white because he's hot jalen brown's on a heater so he had more assists than he did points and no, I, I agree. And it was great to watch him make that adjustment. In the game I can't remember the last time he had more assists than he had points. No, I can't either. And, but that's why, I mean, God, talk about drafting well, right? Because how Jalen Brown oh, just. Mm. That's I mean, still a soft subject. <laughs> Screw Billy King for that, man. Ugh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm still not over that trade. 
it's just it's just paying dividends, man. And and like you said, the the facilitator that Tatum became is the make is something that's the mark of a star to be able to make that adjustment mid game, and and use your players. Yeah, that's advice that we everyone's heard that mic'd up that Steve Kerr mm-hmm. talking to Kevin Durant, right? You know, it, trust your guys, trust your guys. Try and score, but let the first guy try and do something. And Jason Tatum figured it out last night, and and I think Steve Kerr would be proud if he was wearing a different jersey. I. Let me get back to Draymond really, really fast. I don't think he needs to exploit anybody. I just think he needs to play really good defense, grab rebounds, be pesky, talk a load of trash, and and just be old school Draymond. If he hits a couple of threes, if he gets a couple of transition layups, cool. But be the, the Draymond that LeBron kicked in the nuts or got, got kicked in the nuts. Be that Draymond. Be the loud, brass Draymond that everybody knows Draymond to be and loves Draymond for. Be that guy. I, I just don't know if Draymond Celtics really haven't had up. that yet. They haven't had to deal with something like that yet. I don't know if they need to, like, I don't know if Draymond can really hang with anyone on the Celtics team. Here's the thing, man. Draymond is, you know, he got four points last night. Yeah. You know, and Andrew Wiggins had 20. Now, Andrew Wiggins is, you know, really coming to his own in this playoffs, but I don't think Andrew Wiggins is going to do that every game. So if Draymond can't figure it out and they're keeping Andrew Wiggins under 15, well, what about Clay? this Warriors team is going to have problems. I said this yesterday on the pod. Clay needs to be the guy that scores 20, assisting Curry's whatever. And one note on, on Curry before we get back to – to what you were going to say, I was talking with my brother at, at halftime and he said, wow, you know, Curry had, and he, he's, you know, had a transition with, uh, with Steph Curry. He hated him. Now he kind of respects him, but he goes, wow, Curry had 21 in the first, first half. And then he saw the donut in the second quarter and he goes, he had zero and zero for six in the second quarter. And I said, Thomas, look, if anybody's looking at the box score tomorrow, they're not going to see that he had zero in the second quarter. They're just going to see it at 21 in the first half. And that's all they're going to care about. And he goes, you're right, but that sucks. And I said, yeah, it does. Because if Curry's 10% better, if he makes one or two shots, changes the, the, the complexion of the game, Boston was only up two at halftime. They, they led by 12 going into the third quarter. This is a game where I think it's Golden State it's a Golden State playoff game where they had the game on their racket and they just let it slip. And they they have those. They have games that they should have won that they didn't. And sometimes the shooting does go cold. But this Boston defense, I don't know if Golden State's seen anything in their championship run. Even with the Memphis teams, like the, the old Zach Randolph, Tony Allen Memphis teams, I don't think they've seen defense like this before. You know, maybe not. And this is an older Warriors team as well. Like they're they're the it's the Warriors are the same but different. That's like the best way I can describe the mm-hmm. Warriors. Because yeah, with Steph Curry still Steph Curry, Clay is still Clay. But it, there's just some things there. There's some new faces there, and the team works a little bit differently, and they have to adjust. And I think uh, to an extent, uh, going back to Draymond, I, I think a problem with him is I think Kevin Durant broke him in a sense. Mm-hmm. In the way, no, I, I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't know if they have beef or whatever. That's not what I mean. 
I really think that when Kevin Durant was on the team and Draymond straight up just didn't have to shoot, all he had to do was rebound, play D, and talk trash. I think that kind of like spoiled him a bit. And now that, you know, KD isn't there. So now Draymond does need to contribute on offense. I'm not sure that he remembers how. Um, you I don't know, know if he I, can. He what? <laughs> excuse me. He wasn't that good of a defensive player or an offensive player anyway before KD was there. No, I know. And I've said for years that, you know, if you put Draymond on any other team in any other system, he's just a guy. Um, he's not Draymond Green. That, I, firm, I firmly believe that. Yeah, but, but that's you can talk about that with anybody. You know, I don't you, think so. I don't think so. Every, not anybody. Every championship team has that one guy that the only reason why they are good and why they're so important to that team is because they do a specific thing. Every sure. championship team has that one guy. System players exist. System players exist. But Matthew Dellavedova doesn't get the same clout that Draymond Green gets. So, like, but they're both system players. That was a massive pull. I appreciate the Dellavedova shout out on the pod, but that, that's a massive pull. I think so. Yeah. Dellavedova like, Dra- had two good games. Is, is Draymond better than Dellavedova? Yes, yes. He has a, Draymond Green has a much higher IQ than, than a lot of guys, but it's the system that he plays in. And um, it, I don't know if it's, you know, I think Kevin Durant kind of changed that system for the better, right? It, it was successful. But now, you know, Draymond has to go back to, to what he was doing in, in before Kevin Durant time. And you're right, he was never a great offensive player, but it's the NBA Finals and four points is not acceptable. It's not going to cut it. Well, speaking of not going to cut it, Jordan Poole was not that good. And I love Jordan Poole. He's a Michigan guy. You know, I never thought he was going to be this. He still hit one of the best shots I've ever seen. And I went absolutely crazy when he hit that shot against Texas Tech in the, in the tournament. But two of seven, one of five from three. It's his first NBA Finals game, and he's going to learn a lot from it, I think, because that's just the Al type Horford's of guy too. he is. <laughs> huh? Al Horford's too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is insane. But I think just because of the lack of experience from the role guys, like Otto Porter's never been in this situation before. Andrew Wiggins hasn't even come close to this situation before. Neither is Jordan Poole. So the core is, okay, let's go. We know how to do this. But the, the rest of the team hasn't been there before. And that's, I think, a piece that not a lot of people are talking about and not a lot of people are realizing, yeah, the Boston Celtics are raw. They don't have any finals experience, but neither does 70% of the Warriors either. So whoever figures out how to work best and play their game normally in the finals first, I think has the upper hand in this series. Plus Boston just won a game on the road. I have a feeling that this is going to be a lot like the Eastern Conference Finals, where we go through four games and it's going to be 2-2, and they're going to split home court in both games. I just have a weird feeling about that. And other than what we saw, what do you think is, a, is the biggest takeaway from other, from other than, you know, this is how the series is going to be. What's the, what's your biggest takeaway that you didn't see coming into the, to the series? Man, that's a good question. Biggest takeaway that I didn't see coming into the series. 
Um, I would have to say, you know, I just keep going back to the, the youth. You know, I, that's the word that just keeps flashing through my head. Um, and I, I guess I'm cheating here. I always cheat on your questions, but like it's been it's been what's going through my head with like this entire playoffs, man. It's these 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 new young gunslingers that are going to kind of keep the league uh, moving in, in, in a positive direction. And I knew Jason Tatum could ball. I knew Jalen Brown could ball. But seeing them on the biggest stage it could be on. And I know that Jason Tatum struggled last night. But to see him make that adjustment mid-game, I, I loved watching him facilitate last night. That's a star. You know, I'm watching the, the, the start of a superstar, you know, or, or the coronation of a superstar who's going to be carrying this league with guys like Luca and, and Ja. You know, it's, it's just, and Devin Booker. It's just fun to see. So I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to see like these new faces come and just change the game the way they are. And I'm excited about it. I wasn't ready for the, uh, the drop coverage on Steph Curry and the, and the Grant Williams hunting on Steph Curry. <clears throat> Cause Grant Williams played incredible defense on Drew Holiday, on Kyrie Irving on i mean kyle lowry yeah but Struess and and whatever guard that he was on in the in, in the eastern finals i wasn't ready for the for the warriors to to hunt a guy that i thought was a pretty decent if not average to above average defensive player in grant williams and maybe it's just one game and he had a bad game but if this is if they found the weakness in grant williams game then and, you know, even, you know, my dad and my brother were like, can you fight through a screen one time? Why are you switching and doing drop coverage on Curry when he's hit every shot he's looked at? So um, I wasn't ready for that. And I wasn't ready for, for Derek White actually being a, a really good role player. I thought, no one's ready for Derek White. No one's ready for Derek White. And that, that was crazy. He's not going to do this over again. But he can come something close to it. He, I don't know if he needs to because I'm thinking, you know, if Tatum can pick up the slack that he didn't points wise that he didn't do last night, then maybe he doesn't have to. Um, but you know, if I'm Derek White, I'm thinking I need to just play the best basketball I've ever played for the next two weeks. Yeah, that's I'm a champ. You know, that's it. I just for two weeks, whatever happens next season happens next season. Whatever happened during this season happened in the past. I just need to play the best basketball I possibly can for the next six games at least, you know, if it, if it goes that far. Mm -hmm. And I can say win or lose that I did everything I could to help my team. So, and every guy should be thinking that way, but Derek White especially because he knows that no one saw it coming, and I'm sure he's aware of that. Last question before we get out of here. Um, do you think that this 12-point – deficit in terms of point differential is going to be the biggest of the series i'm gonna say no okay i'm gonna say no i think that uh, listen i'm i'm like you i don't i don't understand this, this bpi thing um i don't understand where this narrative came up that um like the Celtics were going to like crush the Warriors. I don't know where that came from. I don't understand. Like that just feel like it came out of nowhere. Maybe I'm just conditioned to always think the opposite. I see the Warriors and I'm like, oh man, death by a thousand threes, you know, mm -hmm. but 
I do think there's going to be one game where that inexperience you talked about in Boston kind of shows its face and the Warriors just have one of their classic games and they blow them out of the water. I don't know if it's going to be in San Francisco. I don't know if it's going to be in Boston, but I do think there's going to be one game where the Warriors just decimate the Celtics. They're going to have a game. The Warriors are going to have one of their games. Um, man, before the series started, I was saying Warriors in six. Hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't want to backtrack. You know, I, I don't want to like, you know, I said it, so I don't want to uh, backtrack. But man, I, Celtics might just prove me wrong here. I don't think the Celtics sweep them. They might have to win it in seven, but we'll see. Uh, I, I think I agree with you. I think the Warriors are going to have a game where they win by 30. And I think it might be game two because I'm telling you, this BPI stuff and, you know, we're the, the, what's going to happen from now until Sunday, it's going to be a Celtics love fest. And everyone's going to go, oh, look at this Celtic team and, and all the storylines that we were talking about going in. They're going to be blown out of proportion a hundred times over on all of on first take on first things first on, on all those shows. It's just going to be, they're going to be pumping Celtic content down our throats. And I, I don't want to overreact to this because of what the war, what it'll do. I don't want, I don't want to give bulletin board material to Steph Curry and the three-time champion Warriors. I don't Steph want to do that. Avid listener of the Grind Hours podcast. <laughs> no, like, I, it's not, <laughs> it's not just this. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. You, you do never know. But it's not just, it's not just this show. It's going to be every show is going to be blowing this out of proportion. And I think the Warriors respond and get in game two. And we're going to have to see boston's first real adjustment but i'm looking forward to this series i i was optimistic going into game going into game one last night now i just want to dive right in get into the nitty-gritty and really truly love this series because i think it's going to be a fantastic series i think so too and there's going to be that one game where boston has to you know, it's, I, ho- I hope Boston knows that not every game is going to be like this. Nope. You can't always come back down 12 to start a quarter. You can't always do that. Nope. So, not against this team. Yeah. Austin, I think that's a good place to end. Tell the people what you got going on, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Oh, where can they find me? They can find me at work uh, most <laughs> of the time these days. Um, but So you can find me in the newsroom. But uh, on social media, you can find me uh, on Instagram, Austin underscore M underscore Santiago, or Twitter at air santi so a-i-r underscore s-a-n-t-i if you ever want to uh come and chat and and give me some cold takes or hot takes about sports um i'm on twitter all day so i'm there um but that's what's going on with me man but i'll say this much as a parting word i know this is the basketball episode you might cut this i'll say this much though um the world is a rough place right now i don't need to get into details i know you did an episode on it the world is a really tough tough place right now and uh I'm thankful for sports, and I'm especially thankful for the Yankees and the Mets because uh, I can tell you right now, living in New York City, they've been carrying the morale of the city on their shoulders uh, for the last couple months, and uh, it's just great to see. Um, the Bronx is burning, and Queens is on the rise, so it's, it's a good time to be a New Yorker, and that's, that's the best thing I can think of right now these days. <laughs> Austin, 
sports is always the it's the candy shop sometimes we got to step out of the candy shop and deal with what's really going on i agree with you 100 on that be good brother i'll talk to you throughout the week and i'll see you next friday all right thanks for having me joe see you next week